What is up? What is up? Got a lot of news for you here today. And the question is, after a major blockbuster deal that sends Donovan Mitchell from Utah to Cleveland, what is next for the Utah Jazz? Find out here why the 2023 NBA draft is so important for Utah's rebuild. Stay tuned. What is up? Happy Friday. This is the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast, and I'm your host, Rafael Barlow. And the NBA Big Board Podcast is your daily NBA draft podcast. I think that's what separates us from the pack. Again, I'm Rafael Barlow, the director of starting for NBA Big Board and the founder of NBADraftJunkies.com. You can call me Mr. Rafael, a.k.a. the one-stop shop for draft talent. I scout, I write, create video content, and of course... I drop a podcast covering the NBA draft for you here on the Locked On Network. And unless you've been under a rock, I'm sure you have all heard about the big blockbuster trade that took place yesterday. The Utah Jazz sent their 25-year-old three-time All-Star Donovan Mitchell to the Cleveland Cavaliers in exchange for Laurie Markkinen, Colin Sexton, Ocha Akbaji, and three unprotected first-round picks and two pick swaps. Here's just a better breakdown of the deal. The 2025 first-round pick, 2027 first-round pick, and the 2029 first-round pick from Cleveland are on their way to Salt Lake City. And then there is a pick swap in 2026 and 2028. I mean, personally, like most people, I thought Donovan Mitchell was going to New York. I just knew he was going to New York. It just made so much sense. I mean, there are so many ties between Donovan and the Knicks, between Donovan and CIA. I mean, just think about the Knicks. You have Leon Rose, who is their president, who was, or some people say he still is, running CAA, which is Creative Arts Agency, which is a top agency that has represented guys like Allen Iverson, LeBron James at one point, um, Carmelo Anthony. I think Chris Paul was with CAA. CAA. So CAA is officially and unofficially running the Knicks and... I mean, their current roster, the Knicks' current roster has Julius Randle, Obi Toppin, and now Jalen Brunson and his dad, <laughs> and Tom Thibodeau, who are all CAA clients. And Donovan Mitchell is represented by CAA. So to me, I just knew, like, okay, Donovan is going to end up in a Knicks uniform somehow, some way. I did not see Cleveland. And shout out to the Cavs. I mean, I think it's... I think it's pretty cool that they are going for it. And now you look at their roster, you have is it four All-Stars. Darius Garland was an All-Star. Jared Allen was an All-Star. Donovan Mitchell's an All-Star. I mean, Kevin Love is technically, a, you know, he, he is a former All-Star. But then you got Evan Mobley, who a lot of people feel like is their best player. So the Cavs have definitely went for it. I mean, I'm, I'm all about swinging for the fences. And that's exactly what Cleveland did, swinging for the fences, acquiring Donovan Mitchell. Now, the East is loaded this year. The East is absolutely loaded. I mean, with Garland, Mitchell, uh, Mobley, Allen, you still have LeVert. You still have I mean, Rubio be back, Kevin Love. I mean, the, Cleveland has, <laughs> they're better than the Lakers right now. And so uh, if LeBron hadn't signed that extension, I'm sure, you know, there would be a bunch of think pieces or articles written about LeBron potentially coming back to Cleveland. But with that being said, the East is loaded and the Cavs still could end up with like 
the seventh best best record. But this episode is not about the Cleveland Cavaliers. It is about the Utah Jazz. And before I get on to the Jazz, the Cavs, if you really, really think about it, they gave it one projected starter for Donovan Mitchell. And that was Louis Marketing. I didn't see Sexton as a starter, even though he is one of their better players. I saw him coming off the bench. And Akbaji was probably going to play with Sexton off the bench. So they got Donovan Mitchell, gave it one starter, but they did give up some draft capital. But on a hand, let's let's just talk about the Jazz. Utah is now all of a sudden loaded, absolutely loaded with draft capital. And they still have assets in Bohan Bogdanovich, Jordan Clarkson, and possibly Mike Conley that they can flip for even more draft picks. Bottom line is Utah is in full, full rebuild mode. And, you know, let's just be honest here. (laughs) Utah, well, you know what? This is just my opinion. I don't want to. I want to be correct here. I don't want jazz fans on my head saying that, you know, I'm, I'm wrong. But in reality, Utah is in rebuild mode with the ultimate prize coming in the 2023 draft with Victor Wimbayama potentially being on Utah's radar. Victor Wimbayama is this 7'3". He might be 7'4". He may even be 7'5". Has a ridiculous 7'9 wingspan. He has been mentioned as the projected top pick in the 2023 draft for about three or four years now. He's super thin, but he can shoot. He is a an incredible defender. He's skilled. He's agile. He is going to remind some of Chet, so that's going to be a big storyline for the next few months about is he injury prone, you know, because he has such a thin frame, but he is really, really skilled. And if you go back to the 2019, or I'm sorry, 2021 under 19 FIBA World Cup, he was the best player in that tournament, which featured Chet Holmgren, Jaden Ivey, Johnny Davis, uh, Kenny Lofton, uh, who actually saved Team USA, but Wimbayama was an absolute stud in that tournament, and he was pretty much two years younger than a lot of the players that played in the tournament. He's young enough to where he could still play at the under-19s next time they have the tournament. So Wimbayama is the, the prize that you're going to see a lot of teams tanking for because a lot of people feel like he is a franchise changer. I've had the opportunity to watch him play live. I saw him play last year. It was actually on my wedding day. I got married in Paris. And we went to, me and my wife went to watch Wimbayama play on our wedding day. So, shout out to my wife. I know I've told the story before. But Wimbayama is the guy that teams are hoping to basically be their franchise guy. Turn everything around. And the teams that I'm expecting to really be in position to draft Wimbayama is now Utah, Houston, Oklahoma City. I expect him to be bad again next year. I mean, he's the guy. He's the guy that teams are going to be tanking for. And now here's a fun fact for you. Victor Wimbayama is represented by Buna Njai. Buna happens to be the same agent as Rudy Gobert. So how interesting would that be if the Jazz end up with the number one pick, everything pans out with Wimbayama, and... The Utah Jazz select Wimbayama, who happens to have be the same, uh, who happens to be represented by the same agent as Rudy Gobert, and the same Rudy Gobert that Utah traded to Minnesota for another ridiculous amount of picks. 
The Gobert deal from Minnesota gave Utah unprotected picks in 23, 25, 27, plus a top five protected pick in 2029 and a pick swap in 26. Plus Walker Kessler, who was the 22nd pick in the 2022 NBA draft. That's a lot of 22s. So overall, there has been seven first round picks with six being unprotected and the other five only top five protected, three pick swaps, plus two players from the 2022 NBA draft class that Utah has received for Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Now, this is going to be a very interesting year for Utah. Not only are they in the middle of like a rebrand, let's talk about those jerseys for a second. Those are the most un-Utah-like jerseys. I'm blind. I wear glasses, obviously, if you're watching on Utah. But the numbers on those jerseys are so big, I think I could see the numbers on the players from the cheap seats. But it's, it's just weird to see Utah in these highlighter colors that really don't rep represent traditional Utah. But anyway, it's going to take a while to get used to the new rebrand. But similar to this trade, it's bold. And it's something that I would not have expected from Utah. So with all that being said, when we return, let's talk about the 2023 draft and how it could be the first step in the Jazz's plan to get back to winning rather sooner than later. Utah owns their own draft pick, which I think is going to be top five. And they also have two first round picks from Minnesota and from Philly. So when we return, I'll talk about a few options that I think could be available for Utah. Again, we are just guesstimating here. So many things could change between now. But before I get into Utah's options in 2023, I got to talk to you about driving stoned. Yes, if you feel different, you drive different. Drive high and you will get a DUI. It is never okay to drive stone. You put yourself and others in danger. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. If you're high, you will get a DUI. Now, do you think it's okay to drive stone? I personally don't. I had a friend that was killed by a drunk driver, so I have this hate for alcohol, right? I know this is probably going to get me in trouble here, but I've never had a drink in my life and I never planned to. And at a, at a young age, I was like 14 and I had a family friend that was killed by a drunk driver. He was actually on his way. Uh, actually, he missed one of my freshman year basketball games. And then I saw him later on that day, just random, saw him later on that day. He told me he had to work. He was going to um, be at the game tomorrow. It's like a holiday tournament. And never saw him again. So ever since then, I mean, I've kind of stuck to my guns. I have not had any alcohol. I don't like being around it. And it's just kind of shaped my decision. So, um, you know, I kind of it's kind of personal for me when when I see people driving drunk. So anyway, that's just kind of a rant here. But the truth is, when you're driving stone, your reaction times are slow when you're high. You're not only putting yourself in danger, you're putting others in danger, everyone around you. So stop kidding yourself. If you've been driving high, whether you're smoking marijuana or drinking, do not get behind the wheel because if you feel different, you drive different. And when you drive high, you get DUI. And are you one of those people who think it's okay to drive stone? What's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit. It's no big deal, right? You are totally wrong. Again, the truth is your reaction times are slow when you're high. So stop kidding yourself. It is not okay to drive high. If you have been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. Because once again, if you feel different, you drive different. And if you drive high, you will get a DUI.
I. All right. Kind of went on a tangent there. Once again, you are listening to the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast. I am your host, Rafael Barlow. Shout out to each and every person that has made this Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. I should have thanked you at the very beginning of this episode, but I had so much to talk about with this whole Donovan Mitchell trade that I just totally forgot to thank you. So blame my head and not my heart because I really appreciate each in every listen. All right, let's just talk about some of the options for Utah. Let's say they end up with a top five pick. Obviously, like I said, the the prize is Victor Wimbayama, who plays for the Metropolitans 92 in France, who I'm hoping I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I'm trying to put a plan together where I can spend a good chunk of this season in, in, in France. So I know last year I was able to live abroad the majority of the year but uh my wife um she she's pregnant well she was pregnant we just had our son who was seven weeks now so kind you know kind of throws a monkey wrench kind of makes things a little bit difficult for me to to continue to travel abroad with the little one but if all goes well i will be spending significant time scouting victor Wimbayama in france another option for utah could be scoot henderson 6'2 195 pound dynamite point guard i think he's like Derek rose steve francis 2.0 whose game just fits the modern nba place for the g league Ignite. i think in in another draft year he could be the number one pick if he continues to make strides as a shooter some believe that there is a thin chance and of course you know with you know when mayama's health is going to be talked about but some think there's a, a chance that scoot henderson could be the number one pick in the 2023 NBA draft. Another option, and this is where, you know, a lot of people think that it is a two-man draft, and then at three, people feel like it's wide open, which which I agree. Some of the options at number three could be Nick Smith Jr., a combo guard from Arkansas. You got Derek Whitehead, who just found out that he um, had, had an injury. So it's like the second year in a row a projected Duke lottery pick has had an injury in the preseason. Then there's Cam Whitmore, who is going to Villanova, who actually I, I did a, it's on my NBA Draft Junkies channel. I, I started this new project called Prospect Pitch. I'm just trying to do things a little bit different. I just feel like this whole NBA draft space is getting redundant. Everything is the same. So I'm trying to do something a little different. I created this concept called Prospect Pitch, where I have different aspiring scouts or aspiring journalists pitch me on a prospect. And it, it's all in fun. It's kind of like a am a mock NBA GM where I'm asking them the questions about different players and they're trying to sell me on on whether or not I as the GM should draft this player even take a look at the player so it, it's totally fun I'm not you know trying to make myself bigger than anyone else but it's just a totally fun and I, I think creative way to get others involved and so I said all that to say this on the first episode of prospect pitch that dropped last night um, I had a guest sell me on Cam Whitmore as a top three pick, and he was very high on Cam Whitmore, who's six seven, probably two thirty. I mean, powerfully built, super athletic, can shoot a little bit, and he is, you know, a guy that right now is a projected top five pick. But it's weird because you don't really see a lot of guys from Villanova as one and done projected top five picks. They usually kind of 
develop their guys along the way and they, and they have steady solid NBA careers but you don't usually see like these one and done guys coming from Villanova but things are different now Jay Wright is gone and things may be a little bit different and then there are the Thompson twins from overtime elite Asur and Amin Thompson when I say these are the two most athletic players I've ever seen I am not lying I'm talking like it's like this weird you know I mean I'm trying to think of the best way to explain that like Donovan Mitchell is athletic Scoot Henderson is athletic um Derek Whitehead is athletic I mean there's a lot of guys that are athletic that we've seen over the past few years Jaden Ivey I mean the list goes on but these Thompson twins have like this Vince Carter type athleticism where it's like super explosive but it's so effortlessly explosive that it looks it looks weird I mean like you'd have to watch it. if you have not had a chance to watch the Thompson twins especially if you're in Utah you're in Utah you probably want to start paying really close attention to overtime elite and the Thompson twins because there's a chance one of them could be headed to Salt Lake City next year then there's Dylan Mitchell from Texas who I think he's more so in the lottery range really really good athlete kind of reminds me a little bit of Marjan Bochamp in a sense a guy that doesn't necessarily need the ball to be effective but can impact games with his athleticism there's Casey Wallace there's Derek Lively there's Khalil Ware there's Keontae George I mean there's so many options that I think could be in Utah, I shouldn't say I think, well, should be in Utah's draft range because, again, unless something crazy happens, which I don't even think they want to happen, Utah is aiming for a top three pick, mostly the number one pick. So there is a lot of different players. And like I said, things can change. It is very early. If I go back to last year at this time, Jaden Hardy, uh, Yannick Sosa, Caleb Houston, Patrick Baldwin Jr., Peyton Watts. And these are all guys that we were talking about as potential top 10 picks. Guys that could challenge for number one. I remember there was some rumors that if Jaden Hardy could play on ball more, then he has a really good shot at being a top three pick. He ended up falling to the second round. So, again, this is really, really early. It's hard to project. But these are some of the names based off of my studies that I think – Will be a lottery. Will be lottery picks. Guys that could be in that range that could go from three to eight or three, three to ten. That Utah will, you know, have their scouting department <laughs> tracking the miles, trying to make sure that they have all the the, the notes and, and just have all the detail and intel on these particular prospects. All right. When we return, I'll talk about some guys that I think could fall into the range of mid-first mid round to late first round picks that could also be options for the Utah Jazz in 2023. All right, once again, you're listening to the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast. This is your host, Rafael Barlow. And now we're talking about guys that I think, based off of right now, are projected to go mid to late first round again these picks that utah has are coming from minnesota which is expected to make the playoffs i mean after giving up all they gave up for rudy gobert they are expected to make a deep run in the playoffs and then there's philadelphia who is expected to compete for a championship so based off of those teams if everything goes according to plan these picks are going to be in the late first round and now when, when you're talking about the jazz even though they have 
some some players on the roster now that are young and intriguing. They're just going for best player available. I imagine it is go for best player available. Collect as many assets as possible that maybe you can flip down the line. And if you're look, if you look at Danny Ainge's history, that's what he does. You know, you can go back to the Antoine Walker trade. They traded Antoine Walker to Dallas. They collected picks. They kind of tanked for a few years. Collected assets like um, Al Jefferson, Gerald Green. Uh, I mean, just off the top of my head, those guys were flipped for Kevin Garnett. And then you were able to flip, I think it was Delonte West and maybe Jeff Green. I'm just off the top of my head. Again, it's very early in the morning. I have a newborn son, so I have a very small window to record in peace. So I'm a little tired, but I think uh, Jeff Green and Delonte, I think they were part of the deal that brought Ray Allen to Boston. So then you go a few years later. Danny Ainge was able to package Paul Pierce and Garnett and I think Jason Terry for different picks. I mean, basically robbed the Nets. And then Boston was able to rebuild with Tatum and Jalen Brown as guys that they were able to draft with some of the picks that they acquired in trades and and with their own pick because they weren't good. So if you look at Danny Ainge's track record, you weren't surprised that when he got to Utah, the Jazz had a small window to make things work between Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, or else he was going to clean the cupboard and start all over, start from scratch. And here we are. So based off of early, very early projections, some of the players that, that Utah could take a look at. I mean, let's let's talk about Leonard Miller. Leonard Miller was a guy that kind of came out of nowhere last year after having a strong hoop summit. Kind of struggled a little bit. And I shouldn't say a little bit. Really struggled at the combine, but he's intriguing. 6'10". Small forward, has some guard skills. He will be playing for the G League Ignite. He is someone that could be in this particular range. You got Jordan Walsh, who is one of three McDonald's Americans at Arkansas. One of five from the Dallas area. 6'7", athlete. That you know has the the NBA positional size and length and athleticism. He's someone that could be available. Harrison Ingram, another Dallas guy, um, kind of positionless, six seven, about two thirty. Not a great athlete, but just does a little bit of everything. Can pass, can can post, can rebound. Then there's Chris Murray, who a lot of people think is going to have a big year. He is the twin brother of Keegan Murray, who now. Ha, should have a starring role at Iowa now that his brother is is moved on to the NBA. And as a junior, Murray will be 22. But he is someone that a lot of people think will have a big year. And again, at this time last year, Keegan Murray was not a projected top five pick. <laughs> he caught a lot of people by surprise. I think he was a, a guy that we thought was trending. It was expected to have a, you know, a, a pretty good season considering that he was behind... Um, um, two guys that got drafted the year before, but Murray ended up blowing up. And there's some that believe that Chris Murray could actually have a very similar similar rise. Imani Bates is another name that, that is intriguing. If you remember, Imani was like on the cover of Sports Illustrated as a teenager. He was compared to Kevin Durant at an early age. And, I mean, the comparisons were definitely unfair. He definitely has not lived up to that hype. And he struggled a little bit at Memphis. He was young. He was only 17. He was still he's still only 18 years old right now. But he's going to Eastern Michigan. 
He's 6'9", 6'10", can create off the dribble. Again, he has a skill set that matches what, what teams are looking for. And if he has a you know strong year at Eastern Michigan, he's a guy that could easily find himself back in, in, in the first round. There's Arthur Kaluma from Creighton, 6'7", 220. A little bit older for a sophomore. He's 20 years old right now. Had a big NCAA tournament game against Kansas that kind of put him... I, I shouldn't say put him on the radar, but it definitely... Gave him momentum coming into this season as a, a guy that teams are going to pay a lot of attention to. He could be available in that range. There's Chris Livingston, a, a freshman from who's actually going to Kentucky. James Naji, who I had a chance to watch also. He plays at in Barcelona. So I had a chance to watch him probably like two or three times last, last season when I was overseas. I think that he is, you know, your traditional I shouldn't say traditional he's your new modern big as far as like your your athletic rim runner that rebounds runs the floor just kind of gets a lot of garbage points and there's a vertical lob threat he's someone that could be available um it's going to be very interesting to see some of the options that Utah has and then you never know Danny Ainge may not be done dealing simply because he still has Malik Beasley who's an asset Colin Sexton could even be an asset. I, I don't think he can be traded right away, but Colin Sexton could be moved on if he's not part of the plans. They gave him a four-year, $72 million deal. Obviously, I think they needed to make that deal to make the trade work. But if he's not an Ainge type guy, then you can flip him. I know like I, I read that Dallas has some interest in him. Again, like I said, um, Boyan Bogdanovich, Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, those guys are available. So I don't think Danny Ainge is done dealing. And then he could possibly try to package future picks in, you know, 25 or 27 or whatever to move up in this draft. But this is a, well, a lot of people consider a loaded class. I think it's going to be very, I think it's going to be a, a different class. And I think if you're like a, a jazz fan, Right. And of course, you're looking for the number one pick. You want the best outcome available. You are going to have to pay attention to college basketball and international basketball and G League and overtime elite because this year and I've mentioned it before in different podcasts. This year is going to be totally different. There is a chance that the first five players could be outside, could be playing outside of college basketball. So I'm curious to see how that impacts this draft from a commercial standpoint as far as like marketing it because there's a good chance that a lot of people that are casual draft fans are not going to have been able to watch any of the top five picks play. So again, if you are in Utah and you are excited about the Jazz rebuild, or maybe right now it's too early for you to be excited. Right now you're probably still, I don't know, in shock. Uh, not necessarily in shock, but you still it still hasn't hit you that you know that talented core of Gobert and Mitchell, who on on one hand you can say they underachieved. I think whether it's a combination of injuries, COVID, it was just so many different factors to why they didn't reach their full potential. But you, you probably need a, you probably need a few days to to adjust and and change your mindset of hoping to compete to now in, in a total rebuild. And again. You're going to have to pay attention to outside of college basketball because there is a shot. There is a chance that the top five players in next year's draft could be coming from outside of the NBA. Well, that wraps up this episode. Once again, shout out to each and every person that has made the Locked On NBA Draft 
your first listen of the day. And for your next listen, check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022. It is an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. Your local team experts of the Locked On Podcast Network, plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets, all coming into one Ultimate NFL Preview. Search for the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Once again, this is Rafael Barlow recording at the crack of dawn very early in the morning because, again, I got a newborn son. You know, hopefully I'm not waking him up with this early morning manufactured energy even though i don't drink coffee this energy is just coming from the excitement about talking about the nba draft but i know as soon as i finish uploading this i gotta get him a bottle but once again it's rafael bottle thank you for listening hope everybody has a great weekend and i'm out